0: You talk about my allergies, but this also triggers my my embedded theology. There's some stuff I do at night I don't want God to see. Right. So, ah. I don't, I don't, I don't, Never mind God. I don't, God. I I don't do
1: think any humans want to see
0: it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do it in a church.
1: Yeah.
0: There you go. There <laughs> just, just, you just, go. Put, just putting that up there.
1: Well, thank wow. you, I think. <laughs>
2: And there might be some new tales of immaculate conceptions uh
0: just saying i i'm i'm just saying i think i think for some of us it might be weird having sex in the church it just might be
2: Welcome to episode 206 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend ogan Holder, special guest, Reverend Kelly Isola, and yours truly, Reverend Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in
0: hand. And it's Reverend Kelly Isola, Sola. Isola. I, gotta...
2: I still messed it
0: up. I know. That's all right. That's all right.
1: I, I answered to a lot of things.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, but we, can, we can clean that up from the get go. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> that good brew might be in one of these fantastic pub theology live pint glasses. Again, you got to the end of the month, folks. That's just what? 10 days? I, I math. Well, uh, if you become a patron at Patreon. Dot com slash PT life, You will get me one of these free or pick and plans for $37 a month. So, again, till October 31st for that pint glass. And we thank our current patrons for your ongoing support.
2: That we do. And this week, uh, we'll be talking about the future, intelligent alien life, and church camping, among other things. And we want to say welcome to the show, Reverend Kelly.
1: Thank you. Well, welcome back. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. back. Yes, welcome Once back. Once the blue moon. I pop in.
0: Yes, I think the last time you joined us was for that memorable episode 200 special.
1: Yes, y'all were hanging out in someone's backyard and having a good time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was that was one of our final most proud moments. <laughs> it was. good. It
1: was good
0: fun. We had a good time. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I'm glad.
1: I'm glad the uh, what you're talking about this week. When I first saw that, I I. For some reason I didn't see the alien and you said intelligent life. And of course my, my New Yorker went, is there? You know, <laughs> I mean, follow, uh, follow and then life.
0: Intelligent life by church camping. And you're going like, hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kelly, what are you drinking today?
1: Oh, so I'm drinking home brewed French press coffee in my queen of everything. Is a cup. Cool mug.
0: Excellent. excellent. Uh, and you, Brian? Well, uh, like
2: Kelly, I'm going for coffee today. I am drinking a locally roasted Oaxacan blend of coffee, but I did spice it up a little with a little Coldstream clear salted caramel liqueur from Coldstream uh, Distillery in Nova Scotia.
0: Awesome. That sounds delicious. I thought when you started with the the coffee thing, you were going to leave me out hanging as the only person drinking alcohol before noon. (laughs) <laughs> what do you what do you got Ogan? uh um a good brunch beer a kolsch. this is from union uh craft brewing in here in maryland baltimore it's called the first monster Kolsch. Ooh, nice so that's that's what i'm going that's what i'm going for I like that thirst nice, nice and for those like brunch it, beer there you go <laughs>
2: For those tuning in to the podcast, I'm drinking coffee today because we are recording uh, this episode in the morning, Uh, so just uh, still getting my wake-up coffee.
0: And I'm drinking beer because we are recording this episode in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I, I don't know what the time has to do with it. It's five o'clock somewhere, man
1: exactly i was just thinking it's and it's barely
0: away. morning it's like a ele- after 11. before it is after 11. you know mm-hmm. we'll the morning will be over before this before this recording is done so i think Perfect. i'm okay i think i'm Perfect. okay you know we but won't. i love i love how that's a thing but like we go to brunch and order mimosas right yeah. and go like it's all right there's juice in here so it's okay to drink it before noon
1: (laughs) well and it's usually on a sunday
0: i know (laughs) see the time has nothing to do with it
2: (laughs) on to today's topics all right what is something that you would like to get better at and what do you think is something that you're
0: already getting better at um Special guest Kelly, would you like to go first?
1: Um, I don't know if I'd like to, but I w- I will because I um, uh, was actually it's interesting. Before I saw this, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Um, I was doing a little bit of scribing and uh, realizing that um, so something I would like to get better at is um, uh, organizing the where I, the apartment I'm in. So while I moved in a year ago there's still things in boxes. There's still you know there's things to get rid of. There's things to go down to storage and just keep I'd like to get better at um maybe moving the pace a little bit a little bit quicker. Cuz when you walk in you want to feel like you're in a sanctuary and I'm not having that. So that's something I'd like to get better at and and just keep that going. I just have a tendency to sometimes to make piles. <laughs> so, um but when you live alone, you know, you make piles. Today, I'm going to share how we can organize and reset our life. Um, And something that I am getting better at, and this will get a little, might get a little mushy, but I realized um, that I've really gotten a whole lot better uh, in the past couple years at, um, I'm not even sure what the words are, but at... at, um, understanding and being uh what love is and I don't mean love the feeling I mean love the challenge of it you know the the nurturing people challenging people the you know being it out in the world and and having it you know in your life like just having it come in and go yes that's mine You know, I have this mantra that I live by that is, you know, when I'm hard to love, love me harder. Um, You know, and when someone else is hard to love, love them harder. And so I've been doing that for a while, but now I realize that what I've gotten better at is like, I actually do that. And not that it's pain-free and not that it's not uncomfortable and not that there isn't, you know, the messy, um, you know, part of it, but just love has radically shifted for me. And, um, and I've gotten better at loving and being loved. That's beautiful. Nice. And I can feel myself all emotional about it. I'm, I'm getting verklempt over here. I'm just really, um, for someone who lived such a, I had a long period of in my life that was pretty, as an active addict, so it's pretty dark and it's pretty violent and uh, lots of things in, you know, throughout my life that are just, you know, you're always... I don't know about every minister, but some days I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of self-reflecting. Just fucking make it stop, you know, and in doing that, you that's the healing work, right? What I call the me search. So, um, but but also stopping like it's not every day. So adding spaciousness in my world, you know, loving harder and allowing to be loved harder.
0: Well said, well said it's a high bar uh, open I'd, uh, I'd like to you? get uh, <laughs> seriously <laughs> I'd like to get better at being as eloquent as Reverend as Kelly <laughs> let's start there um so <clears throat> something I'd like to get better at and I think I've worked on this my whole life is is self-discipline um and when I say that I mean things like you know I'd like to do a lot more um productive things like write more you know uh, and stuff like that And that requires discipline that requires, um, self-management of my time so on. And, um, I, I am getting better at it, but I think part of my whole inner critic is I can be so much better at that and I'm, and I'm not currently, but on the flip side of that, the thing that I am getting much better at is, is self care um and and creating an life that supports who I authentic authentically and intrinsically am and um one that doesn't require a lot of strain and effort if that makes sense. I have a I'm I'm very happy with my life as it currently stands i mean like really happy like it's only taken me 47 years to get to the point where you can say like all aspects of my life i'm really happy with right <laughs> so for me that's my metric of success okay like i i ain't got hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in a bank account like you know i still got bills to pay you know i still got a car note i'm paying off i love my car it's worth paying for it um but but that being said i'm still very very happy with my life so I think I've gotten really good at creating a life that I want to wake up to every day. And, and also part of that is like a little more self-discipline to get more writing done and, and get more, get more things done like, like that. But, but I'm not beating up on myself about it. If it makes sort of sense, you know, it'll get, it'll get done already, already wrote and published a book. So I know I, I know that it can get done, <laughs> and I know one day I'll get around to finishing the uh, I don't know three books I'm currently you know noodling through and writing on, um, and and part of what I've done is go like okay so I don't I don't need to shame myself and feel panicked for the fact that you know today or any given like today it's 11 25 a.m eastern time and i'm drinking a beer and talking to my friends <laughs> oh my. Like, you know i'm okay with that
2: absolutely absolutely
0: and i vote for you
1: pretty eloquent
0: man well it was long-winded i don't know how eloquent <laughs> it was
1: <laughs> okay
2: yeah, wow. I was gonna go uh like the minimalist route, like wanting to get better at uh simplifying, decluttering. Uh, I hear Kelly on the piles of stuff. <laughs> I could be really good at uh keeping things much longer than they have any right to be uh kept. And uh with four kids, you know, space is at a premium. So be more helpful if I was able to let go of things uh better. But then with Ogin, also wanted to feel like I want to get better at feeling motivated to do things that aren't, don't have immediate need, (laughs) like a longer term sort of projects, whether that's writing or something else. Like, I'm really good at allowing, like, what has to be done this week to get done, and I'm much, I have a harder time getting to those things that, well, by spring it'd be nice if you did X, like, I keep pushing those things, like, that's not in the now pile. It's in but, the
0: later you know pile, and I'm really Listen, good at. it. In, in our in our pre-show, in our pre-show, and on other times in the episode, you know, I poke fun at you about your, about you know the kids and the parenting and all that. But you have four kids. You have an immediate pass for not getting <laughs> the long term things done. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, four teenagers at that. You get a pass. <laughs>
2: There you go. There you go. So, a couple of things I'd like to get better at. There, uh, what am I getting better at? Um, I'd like to think I'm getting better at being a dad, uh, but you know, I don't know if my kids would all agree with that. But uh, we shared earlier; they're all teenagers now, and the fact that I have one who's a senior in high school and soon to be off on his own, just as like a wake up call to try to enjoy every moment I have with my kids and try to be present and and spend meaningful time with them uh, while they're still under our roof. So trying to do, trying to be better, do better. Oh, Dad? Yeah, I just wanted
0: to say I love you. Well, um, I think the one who sees your kids um, can can attest you're doing a pretty decent job <laughs> i mean you know our, ch- our children our, our children get to that point from about i don't know seven years old when they really go like oh wait i i have a personality i can i i, I am me i am self self-identified as a as a, as a separate person at that point we have no control after that really we, we kind of don't right but the fact of skilled parenting is realizing we don't have control yet we can still we can still create conditions that allow them to thrive and become decent human beings and your kids are decent human beings so clearly you and christy did something right now the jury's still out right but I think for the most part, I think for the most part is it going to be okay, which is a testament to to you as a you as as a parent my my kids turning out okay Jury's still out and she is in college and every once in a while I got to do the whole thing she'll tell me stuff and I will go like she's made it this far. (laughs) <laughs> she's twenty-one. I just gotta really trust. I gotta really lean in on the trust part that all that early work, you know, me and her mom did is 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 gonna pay off. And 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 these things that she's telling me about are going to be okay. And I also remember I was in college and, you know, for all intents and purposes, I turned out okay too. So, but sometimes yeah. it's like, I got to hang up the phone and I got to go call somebody and said, I need a moment right now. Cause my yeah. kid just told me something that if I don't talk about it right now, I'm not going to sleep well tonight.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely part of the journey. So, all right. What will civilization look like in 10,000 years? Will religion be more central to humanity assuming humans still exist or will religion be less prevalent in 10,000 years?
0: Um 10,000 years, one well, we don't know. Um will religion be more central? No. That's my best guess even though I just said we don't know um and will it be less prevalent um i I don't know about prevalence but it will definitely be something different than we can imagine right now that's that's that my theory um shameless shameless plug for my book that i wrote 10 years ago um there, I, I the very last chapter in the book was actually on this subject. Um, it, it was an it was a paper I wrote for a symposium, around the future of church, and I went super way future, and I talked about what might happen after the singularity, um, like you know the technological singularity when computers truly, um, achieve I guess sentience. Uh, not the not the not the uh. Not what we call AI today, but I mean like truly a, a the computer's um power processes human brain power. And a lot of futurists like Kurtzweil um say we, we we can't we can't predict what will happen after that. I don't believe it will be like Terminator series where the computers realize that we humans are the virus and then come kill us all. I, I don't think that's gonna happen. <clears throat> but I'm also an optimist though. So. <laughs> There's there's that, but but I think at that point, as we keep going forward, this science fiction idea that we will be able to truly map and copy our consciousness, and not consciousness in terms of of um, religiosity or spirituality, but consciousness as you know, the firing of brain impulses of the firing the electrical firing of neurons in our brains that truly at a basic biological level make up who we are and how we think that that will be something that perhaps you really can copy and replicate um, and if we do that then we have in- achieved immortality and i think the moment that we can do that should we come to a moment that we can do that then you know god will really be dead like you know nietzsche said god was dead a while back but i mean I mean, God will really be dead at that point, right? What would we we we've we've achieved the last we've achieved the last hurdle, so so I think religion at that point will become more of a more of a, an homage to our humanity because as we are as we are copying our in our, 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 our consciousness and and putting it in other cybernetic forms. You know, there's there's the risk we f- we lose our humanity, and and religion comes and spirituality becomes more of an homage to that. Furthermore, this unknown, you know, what's making the universe work? Because I figure in ten years, if we can, if, if if we have enough computer power and processing power and technology and know how to to kind of map our consciousness, we probably have figured out how everything in the universe works. I don't think there's gonna be much mystery mystery left after that. Then, if there's no mystery, then I don't know. I don't know that we'll have a use for God and and religion, because really, from you know, part of the aspect of God and religion is the mystery, the unknown, the sort of sort of deal. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I'm going with that. But I'm watching currently on Apple TV. I'm watching uh. Uh, what's it called foundations is an Isaac Asimov. Oh, how is that novel? It's actually pretty, really good. It's pretty damn good. Right. But, but here we are in this like crazy futuristic time of, of unspeakable technology, and you still have those small, like religious centered, almost cult like groups of people um you know who are still looking to deities to fill in the blanks and unexplained and make sense of the world so it, it will be less prevalent but it'll probably still be there again not as eloquent just long winded. i'm here all night <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: here all night is that what you just said
0: i did i did say i did I'm here all
1: night for your enjoyment didn't say that yes entertainment So, first of all, uh, what will civilization look like in 10,000 years, assuming humans are here, I'm not so sure right now we actually will be, because we're pretty adept at destroying ourselves and the planet we live on. Um, So there is, and it sounds like a downer, and also just life finds a way, right? And if that means life finds a way without humans, then life finds a way without humans. We're the only self-reflective species on the planet, which can be to our detriment. <clears throat> but um, so, the, so. But the other, assuming, let's say we are here. Um, you know, the thing that uh, religion really gets a bad rap. Um, there's this huge allergy, for, and you kind of point
0: for forward. good reason.
1: <laughs> no, bad religion.
0: Uh, there you go. There you go.
1: Okay. Bad religion. 75% of the world identifies with a particular religion. So it's not a bad thing in and of itself.
0: Well, there's well, perfect, the, well, or, I mean, you know, numbers don't make it a good thing. A lot of, a lot of people ascribe fact, some bad ideas. Returned,
1: well, that's why I said there's a difference between religion yeah. and bad religion. So you have an allergy, obviously, that needs some work. Because <laughs> religion in and of itself... Inherently is not a bad thing. It's a it's it's foundation is to bring people together. Um, now, has it gone astray? Has it gone, uh, you know, into other places? Has religion over the years turned into something that it, you know, in particular denominations or particular faith traditions become something that maybe it didn't start out to be. Does and most every faith tradition has multiple, you know, threads from something very conservative and even oppressive to something very progressive and very liberal that you can't even see the the, the pinnings of whatever a belief system is, you know, the structure. So um, I think it depends on how you define religion, you know, the basis of um, people, especially, you know, more people you know during a pandemic people seek out a spiritual community and you know religion and spirituality go hand in hand um either one pushed to an extreme falls apart right you push spirituality to an extreme and you become a ninny, and you know and anything goes right um and you know without you, you might you know find this place where i just cast my net wide and never go deep and you know, religion pushed to an extreme becomes oppressive and everything that all of Ogan's allergies, you know, are what you see. Um, and I get it. i you know, been 25 years in interfaith work and around the world and you see the good, the bad and the ugly. So I, I don't, I don't know that because religion is, um, you know, is spirituality put into a structure, into a framework that then that we inherit right? So I I learned some structures and rituals and and prayers and things that I inherited in my faith tradition. Um, I uh, was raised Catholic, and yet I'm one of those very small minority that I don't carry any Catholic baggage because I had the benefit of being raised from the core of the teachings, not the patriarchal structure that came later, right, that was introduced and You know, patriarchal overlord of oppressive, but rather the heart of the teachings, which is, you know, about um, loving your neighbor, right? That was about caring for each other. Like the things that people love about what Pope Francis is doing is the heart of the Catholic teachings, you know, caring for earth, caring for each other. You know, yes, there's a lot of social construct and, you know, bad theology that comes along with it, um, but that was later, like that came later on. So I, if religion is here, um, I think it's more central to humanity than we like to admit, because when you say religion, most people yeah. go to the unconscious, unexamined assumption of bad religion or bad theology that they were, you know, kind of beaten into them. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it'll be, I, but I think how it's, if it's around, it'll be defined differently. It's certainly like kind of some of what Ogun was saying. I think it will define differently. I don't know if God will disappear if there is God. It may not have the word God, Um, but but the ultimate reality, the idea of ultimate reality and the mystery, I think will will always be there, because I think the universe is an ever evolving, ever you know it, life finds a way, and so I think there's always going to be that mystery. There's always going to be that that I don't know, and I also think that. I like to think that like what's going on now is hum, some humans noticing where we've pushed the envelope on things like technology. Like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. right Like um, even like the 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 BP oil spill years back in the in the um, in the Gulf, right? It was this enormous, fabulous, wonderful technology that allowed them to to drill deep. But then the question is, because you can, should you? Clearly not. Like, So I think I think that's a, our stage of development is, again, anything pushed to an extreme falls apart. So, um, so I don't know if it would be less prevalent or more prevalent. I think it would be different. I don't, I don't think it wouldn't be, def- religion wouldn't be defined the same way. I don't know that there'll be a difference between religion and spirituality. Um, I think there'll always be. Because if I look back ten thousand years, we still there was still a mystery, you know, that we carried. We just interpreted it differently, and we had a different relationship with that. I think ten thousand years ahead, we'll still have that. It'll just look different.
2: Yeah, I I think I resonate with that, uh, Kelly, in terms of, uh, you know, this sense of of what's bigger and 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 deeper and beyond um, us. That I think humanity will still. You know have a way to express and, and tap into uh assuming humanity exists which right, you both right. acknowledged is not a given <laughs> no no no
0: no i i i think i think we'll still be here oh okay sorry i'm, sorry. I'm very i'm very clear we will we will we all will wearing our
1: masks here. and oxygen tanks and
0: no because we would have gone to mars we would all be on That's... mars by then wow 10 th- see i <laughs> ten... like if if I had to put the odds at humanity still
2: existing in 10,000 years, I might be, I might lean toward putting my money that we won't.
1: Yeah.
0: I have, I have faith in us. I have, I I have faith in us. Because again, you're right. When you reflect back at the 10,000 year, if you take the 10,000 year view, yes, we have gotten, I think, both um, a lot more evolved, compassionate. Um and at the same time, we've also lost our way. You know, right. I just, I just, I just watched, uh, it was the most depressing thing on John Oliver's last week tonight <laughs> that I've oh. ever seen <laughs> when they were talking about, uh, uh, the, 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 company that was it 3M that created, you know, the Teflon, the nonstick stuff and pans, yeah. and you know, how that, how that eventually leaches out and so on and gets into people's blood. And, and they wanted to, and this was, this was few decades ago they wanted to do like a comparison around you know what what our blood looks like with with their chemicals in it and clean blood they couldn't find any clean blood because their products had been so prevalent in the previous decades that the chemicals i forget the name the actual chemical right now had pretty much infected everybody and was in the bloodstream of everyone around the world they had to go all the way back to like pre-Vietnam war days to find some blood samples. Again, in other words, before they put this product on the market Jeez. to find clean blood. So, yes, we're doing some crazy shit to ourselves, but but we're also increasing in awareness that we're doing this to ourselves and and there are many people, and yes, companies that are going. We need to create some alternatives. So I think the alternatives, the clean alternatives, the healthy alternatives, will catch on eventually. Um, again, I'm I am the optimist. So so this is where I think um we're 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 going and I think unfortunately as much as we want to wave the American flag and say America we will be the last (laughs) we will be the last to adapt
2: (laughs) yeah you know I like to think that maybe will we you know what will nationalism and and politics and borders look like if we you know if we make it 10,000 years I'd like to think that We've we've moved to a place where borders are more fluid, and we identify more as global participants, rather than my country versus your country um, that we become more cooperative globally. I guess I think we will have to
0: we will have to because by then we will discover other planets another and other. you know planetary systems we will we will we will have contact this is what a third question is about you're
2: leading us right into it
0: i'm leading us right in so so we will have no choice i think to identify as as people of earth because there'll be you know other planetary other other planetary things and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to band together
2: it's kind of like you know all those um sort of contact with other other species movies like Independence Day or whatever once there's a threat to our planet
0: now we could sort of cooperate you know as Earthlings um well so in- well well we thought that might have happened with the pandemic did not yeah <laughs> no it doubt. was a global threat and we did not band together
2: <laughs> yeah I mean to to a degree but not to the level you would that we should have correct we
0: had
1: a, a lunatic in office
0: <laughs> but to be clear <laughs> It's it's not just us. There are other countries with other lunatics. Yes, I know. As as well. So, you know, it's none that I'd like like to be associated with, but yes. True, true, true fact.
1: I I think that well, um, that yes, the the borders like less or more fluid. Um, -hmm. and one reason I, I believe that is that one of the things I see going on in in terms of um uh, uh, racial equity, racial justice work. When I'm working with groups of white people, and and then and, and being in class for my own learning, to that what I see going on for for um, many white bodies. Well, I don't know how many in the scheme of seven and a half billion, but but learning to reclaim their own lineage, because there's really not a white culture. But I have an ethnicity. I have a lineage. Um, of Italian, of Ojibwe, of French Canadian. And I'm watching others, you know, go and claim those to create mm. culture. Mm. Right. To to not even create but but re-re empower, re-enliven, you know, breathe new air. So I think yeah. in doing that, you you a byproduct, whether you know it or not, is the borders are like it things become more fluid. Um yeah. you know, my, yeah. my homeland is Lots of other people. I mean, my family is in the middle right now. Of we're going down the road of gaining Italian citizenship because because yeah. I'm eligible, so I can have yeah. dual citizenship. Um, cool. So even that for me is, I think is. So I'm hopeful too in some ways, Ogan. But I think yeah, I,
2: hopefully we can have global citizenship at yes, some point. Right? I, I think that's our...
1: like it's the markers and the steps of of what yeah. what we can imagine into existence.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's cool. So interestingly, a new study, uh, this is Pew Research, 2021 study, finds that atheists and other non-religious Americans are more open to the idea that there are intelligent, there is intelligent alien life out there, while more religious folks, particularly evangelicals, are more skeptical about that possibility. So I found that interesting, wondering how uh, either of you react to that study.
1: Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does. And, and why because is that? A, like, what, why a, um, so again here we come back to the word religion because even the the how it's defined and used has changed in 20 years. So but if so if I just want to use say a group like evangelicals or or someone more, you know, uh, whether it's Muslim or Jewish or Christian or pagan wiccan, you know, again there's a spectrum. It's so if I go with a conservative that are hanging on tight to to belief systems to those structures there has to be somebody in charge that Mm. that i can relate to as a human right and so if you start introducing aliens now you've just sort of well wait a minute god lives in the tabernacle you you know
2: and there's a in many i think a big part of it as well is in many evangelical um theologies is is the idea that humanity is central to God's plan of salvation and Jesus came to die for, you know, human beings. And so if there are other (laughs) sentient beings like that, throws everything out of whack.
1: Right. And we, and, and of course the, the group that believes we've only been here for six, 7,000 years. (laughs) And don't even get us started on that one. And
2: throw a huge wrench into that.
1: Yes. Yes. And, um, that, uh, um, um not just you know jesus dies for our sins but that um the whole idea that god has given us dominion Mm. right so if 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 we've been given dominion over this then then wait a minute that alien doesn't fit into into that scheme
2: especially if they have much better technology which i'm guessing they will
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're watching us and going like, we're not messing with that pile of garbage. Right. So they they're, waiting. they're waiting. They're waiting.
1: We got to wait for yes. a few billion to be gone. I am, we'll I am,
0: I'm subscribing to that, that theory. But I also think part of part of the resistance or part of the while well, they're struggling is is that they can't they won't be able to account for this because aliens aren't in the Bible. Yeah. right? And the Bible is the is is the first and last word of God. Uh, you know they 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 made a they made a stretch for the dinosaurs. They're like sure they were they were in Garden of Eden, you know right. whatever. Like like they they did some mental gymnastics around that. But aliens will basically like you know how how can how can we incorporate aliens in into into biblical thought? Well, what about like angels
2: and demons? Don't you think that could sort of quickly become like a way to find it in scripture?
0: No. No. No, no, because, because I, I I think part of it is one geography, <laughs> right? So there's there's this idea when when we speak of demons that that they re, they re, they. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that made me laugh. lot. <laughs> Brian type in the chat. Gabriel is from Venus. Um, the the the, I I I think part of part of the disparity with that is like we talk about. In, in the Bible, there's a sense of if your Bible literalist heaven is above, hell is below. Yeah. Right. So, so there is actually this thinking that, 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 that the demons exist in the nether world. I mean, all mythologies had that. Greek mythologies had that. You know, Roman mythology had that. There's, there's this, this tiered, physically tiered system of heaven, earth, and, and, and hell. Um, but what why why the angels and the demons thing also won't work is these aliens will show up and they'll be like God who right <laughs> right
1: <laughs> what planet <laughs> so you that can't, from?
0: yeah you can't call them angels if they're like yeah we don't we don't worship Yahweh we don't we don't we don't subscribe to your Christian God we don't like
2: but will they have their own religion and will there be a scriptures
0: of sort they may they they may or or maybe religion might be an a, a quaint a quaint past an antiquated idea yeah an uh, antiquated idea for them um i don't i don't know i think i so again part of this is we are we are projecting Mm -hmm. our humanity onto them Mm -hmm. so here we are grappling with these with these questions of how do we make sense of the unknown and we you know we create philosophy and religion and all this sort of stuff we're assuming that alien life forms are grappling with these same questions we're assuming that alien life forms think and process the way we do and therefore has this you know the sense of of ego in the just you know the pure psychological sense yeah. the sense of self or whatever we like we don't know we we're, we're projecting this onto them um same way we we project ourselves onto god and we create god in our own image we're creating aliens in our own image and our own imagination we have no friggin clue and we got to be okay with that
2: yeah i think one thing that that strikes me as as slightly i don't know if ironic is the word but it sort of turns things on their heads in that you think of atheists as being skeptical And evangelicals as being, I don't want to say gullible, but more, uh, I'm comfortable with gullible, (laughs) more willing to believe the difficult to believe. And in this Uh, case, it's reversed where evangelicals are skeptical and atheists or non-religious folks like, you know, even though we don't have any empirical evidence for this, I could be open to that
0: so so let's be clear atheists it's not that atheists are skeptical atheists are very clear that they don't believe in this theistic idea right. of there's there's a God yeah. there's there's this being up there uh a- atheists are very clear about what they believe there's no skepticism well but there. they're
2: skeptical toward religion and toward the existence of God I mean leading atheist uh outlets are often called uh the skeptics whatever I mean it's a word they use as I understand it
0: again and and my push back to that is atheists are very clear about what religion is right because i don't because i don't believe in a thing i know you, we want to say that makes me a skeptic for me skeptic means i have doubts about what i believe in right so so
2: yeah i see what you're saying I, right right so, they're not skeptical about their own beliefs they're skeptical about others beliefs
0: or or they're very clear that though that that people will believe a thing and I don't have to believe that either. So for me, I, I maybe I'm I'm misinterpreting the word skeptical. Badly. For me, skeptical equals doubt. Right? And and, and if it's aren't doubting anybody else's religion, they're just not believing in it. Doubt doubt for me is like like this is a thing I'm supposed to believe or I used to believe and I'm and I'm struggling with it. Yeah, like, oh, and right. maybe monolith.
2: skepticism monolith. is the pathway to becoming an atheist or something. What were we saying? What were we saying, Kelly? That's
1: a little monolithic. Atheists uh, there's atheists are yes, don't believe in a theistic God and have skepticism towards other things.
0: Okay. I can hear that. I can hear that. So
2: yeah, didn't mean to cut you off there, Kelly. Oh, um, that's fine. My, my thought was that maybe Maybe in, in Ogan's reading of it, skepticism is sort of a pathway to becoming an atheist or, or something.
0: Well, skepticism is also a pathway towards deeper faith in what yeah, you already believe yeah. in. Like yeah, the, hey, the doubt, doubt, in both ways. The doubt skepticism
1: you. is a part of faith. Most people yeah. associate faith with a particular religion or theology or spirituality. I define faith as how I make meaning of the context of my life. So it has yes. nothing to do with theology. It has to do with how I make meaning of the context of my life. So, um, doubt is naturally or skepticism, whatever, you know, I think they're similar things is a natural part of faith. Cause if I'm making meaning of the context of my life, I'm going to hopefully, uh, you know, have support and be questioning what's kind of what's in my world and what do I do yeah. with these things in my world, like a pandemic. <laughs> like
2: For sure. And I, and again, I think the interesting thing for me is still that many, uh, more conservative minded people of faith tend to not invite skepticism or doubt into yeah. their faith, their religious experience, yeah. but they have no problem being skeptical about a vaccine or, mm-hmm. you know, things that don't fit into their sort of tight worldview. Yeah. And so it's interesting that they can have skeptic, they obviously as humans can be skeptical yeah. about some things, but they choose to not invite that often into the, the sphere of religion of faith.
1: Well, it also points to our to our stages of of development, right? So that we yes. there's all these lines of development. So an atheist, you know, line of development around, you know, um um you know, things of ultimate reality or a line of development around, you know, morality or a line of development around spiritual intelligence or, you know, could could likely be more developed than the person who is you know, far right, conservative Christian, here's what you believe. And I take that on. And because of where I am in my stage of development in life, that brings me great peace of mind, right? That brings me great security. It may not be open-minded, you know, and, and people stay where they're comfortable. Um, and if I've never, you know, so I, um, while I'm not, I'm going to, you know, question it, you know, it, it also having to look at where people are in their worldview, in their state of development, which is why I kind of look back 10,000 years ago and where were we, move it forward 10,000 years, but you know, some underlying values, I think will still be at play, assuming we're here, but what they look like and how we live them would be radically different.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's well said. There is sort of a psychological stage slash, uh, as James Fowler puts it, stages of faith yeah. um, that that cross religious and other lines. Yeah. And uh, depending on where people are, uh, skepticism can either be the thing that leads them deeper or can be the thing that puts cracks in a foundation that they are not ready for.
1: Yeah. So they're at the mythic stage, which is really solid. Right. And, and we can live there our whole lives. And, and if you're don't have around you, so when there are cracks, if you don't have something around you that supports the crack, isn't empty. The crack is actually very full of life.
0: So if you
1: don't have someone to say, let's go into the cracks, then, then, you know, I'm going to stay. What brings, what has brought me peace of mind and, and, you know, give me a sense of safety and security, kind of
2: thing.
1: Whether real or not, it's, I have a sense of that.
2: For sure, for sure. So uh, moving us forward, um, the next question states that the pandemic has helped religion's reputation as new research, interestingly, shows Americans found houses of worship helpful during the pandemic more than almost any other institution. And so religion can sometimes, you know, get a bad rap. And the fact that uh, during the pandemic people actually found communities of faith as as helpful as any other institution is pretty striking. Mm-hmm. And the question then is, do religious vaccine resistors put this progress at risk?
0: Weren't houses of worship initially helpful in spreading the virus, though? I'm like. <laughs> That reputation, that reputation wasn't all good. We didn't say it was
2: a sterling <laughs> reputation.
0: Okay, just, just point of clarification there.
2: <laughs> well, it's nice to get some good news, you know, that, the, you know, churches and other communities of faith are seen as positive and, and helpful during a sure. time of crisis. That's a definite plus that, you know, people during this time of sort of dis- social disconnection maybe found a return to Communities of faith was something they needed to yeah. get them through.
0: Yeah. Um, so I don't know that that the vaccine resistors puts this at risk because I think I think we we will. Um, I don't know if the research shows this, but I think people are probably going to lean harder into um, the religious establishments they already resonate with. So I'm going to guess that if you have a church where the leadership is vaccine resistant, you already have a bunch of congregants who are vaccine resistant and they're going to be already looking to that church for their support, which they will get. And um, and I mean, I don't mean support in, in in their point of view. I mean, literal support in terms of whether it's food or shelter or whatever. Um, so, so I I think this is as religion tends to be a lot, you know. This is gonna be a birds of a feather flock together sort of sort of situation.
2: Yeah, and I, I think maybe the question is more around does it hurt public perception more than? I any mean, I don't know, Kelly. How do you how do you respond well, to this? So
1: say that again. Does does what hurt public perception?
2: So okay, so I guess to put it uh, maybe in a clearer way, people found uh, that communities of faith were helpful during the pandemic but now we see a lot of people resisting the vaccine on religious grounds and so does that sort of make people say they're well, oh. I mean, helpful but they're also keeping people from getting vaccinated which would get us around the bend and so maybe faith is a problem more than helpful
0: got, got, okay that's a different question i i misinterpreted that so you're talking about like people seeking like religious exemptions uh, yeah, yeah, so I, people
2: are saying, because of my faith, I don't need a vaccine, or I can't get a vaccine. Like, how does that hurt this sort of positive spin or positive uh, experience, I should say, that people have of of churches, faith communities? So what I a,
1: was,
0: I was, sorry, go ahead, Kelly.
1: So as a... So I work in disasters. I'm a disaster chaplain. So I've been I've actually been deployed since March of 2020. And one of the things that I stay involved in and kind of follow and work with is houses of worship in disasters. So um, it, what's interesting about this question is that I think the, the, the question about the um, houses of worship or religious leaders who are you know the anti-vax and congregations will follow those. They're actually a, a minority. They're just really loud yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're just really loud. Um, believe it or not, um, mo- um, uh, it, it, faith leaders have um, are in a very unique position to to actually support uh, people will listen, whoever's in their communities, right they they do actually listen. And there's a lot in um, what what the research has found is that, that there's many within spiritual communities that are really more on the fence and just need some more information and maybe need mm-hmm. some you know permission to to get vaccinated or not, but based on you know not not because God said so, but actual you know um, information. And so faith leaders have actually been able to shift about 25 percent of the population to go get vaccinated. Not trying well, to convince them, but just by being open and having the conversations.
0: Uh, Beautiful. And it's been really heartening to see some of those uh, churches, like mega churches and mega church pastors who were once, and uh, maybe they continue to be, um, um, Trump supporting pastors are actually telling people go out and get the vaccine, go yeah. get vaccinated because you are harming our community. And, and inhibiting us from, from doing our work, whether you agree with their work or not, um, I, th- I I think there's there's been a shift. There's been a shift. But at the same point in time, you have the extremes. There was that one yeah. church that started, you know, issuing, I'm protected by the blood of Jesus vaccine cards, which, <laughs> yes. which I was like, y'all, y'all just giving all of us a bad name. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's so we, so we, so we, so we got, we got, a th- I think, I think we're at this point now uh you know there's there's doing a there's a lot of research to show this there's not a whole lot of persuading people who have made their mind up either way about getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine right people have decided already um i think the folks who've who were in that middle camp and and maybe ch- swaying to change their minds have already done that but I, th- I think there are those diehards, religious or non-religious, who are very clear, we're not going to do this um, sort, sort, sort of deal for whatever reason. And I don't think there's no there's no convincing them. Right. I mean, you, you see the reports of people who have lost loved ones, parents and spouses you know, who've been on death's door themselves and say things like, I would rather die than get the vaccine. Okay. You might, or you might not. But the point is, as long as you don't, we know that then there's this, there's this, um, um, breeding ground for the virus to to mutate and, and, and therefore cause and threaten all of us. So, so for us at this point, for me, my thinking, has changed from when will we be done with covid to how much risk mitigation am i going (laughs) to employ right because how am i going to live with this right how am i going to live with this not i'm waiting to the time where we are without this yeah uh
2: and and i think that a lot of the resistance to the vaccine is more political than religious it's just that religion allows this sort of constitutional potential exemption right. so right. i'm going to use religion as a way to get out of this thing that i politically have been convinced is a problem
0: yes there's it, it is it is it is a loophole i think i mentioned this on the show before um 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 Shortly before I I left my last church ministry position, I, I had a congregant who who called me and said, you know, I'm I'm in line for this new job and in, in a healthcare facility, by the way. Um, and he didn't want to get the vaccine. So he was asking me if I'd be willing to write him a letter for religious exemption. And I said, No. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, there's nothing in our religion, our our faith, our system of beliefs that is is anti vaccine, anti medicine. So one, that's not a thing, and two, you're working in a healthcare situation where you're going to be with other people. I think you should get the vaccine. <laughs> so on both on both professional and personal grounds, I'm not going to do this. And 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 that person wasn't in, in, entirely happy with it, but mm. but for me, it wasn't. If if you have a real religious conviction, that's one thing to your point, if you're using it just to get out of this, uh, get out of something that you don't want to do for whatever reason, that's, that's not why we have religious exemptions. And taking advantage of it is very
1: anti religious, actually, when you think about it. So the the largest accepting group of the vaccine is the Jewish faith. So when it was PRRI, the public Uh, Public Religion Research Institute. So in their surveys, about 85% of the polled population that were Jewish were acceptors. The smallest population of acceptors were Hispanic Protestants.
2: Hispanic Protestants, interesting. Mm.
1: So there's, you know, for me, I I mean, you can extrapolate a lot of things from that, but looking at that is uh, um, um, the uh, cultural thing. Because one of the things that has gone on with the pandemic is the the all the rumors. And so here in the Kansas City area, one of the rumors that went wild and rampant was that if you go to the hospital because you think you have COVID and you want medical treatment, they're going to implant something into you to follow you. I mean, I'm like, where does this come from? And so some of our work, you know, our social media work was getting rid of the rumors. Um, but the largest group of Refusers was the white evangelical Protestant. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, and 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 um, part part of this is also on when it comes to um, non English speaking groups that um, are refusing to take the, to get the vaccine. Um, a lot of it is because, and and this this comes out of out of the the massive reports that were recently leaked around Facebook and social media. A lot of this is they're in this country, they're non English speaking, so they get a lot of their news and reports from their relatives back home, hmm. where where the 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 limits of what is on social media doesn't exist, right? So so a lot of you know, in, in here in the U.S., there is like on Facebook, for example, the U.S. makes up basically 10% of Facebook's clientele, right? And, and there's a lot of, of, of restricting what shows up on Facebook. We think there's not, but there actually is here in the U.S. We're in the rest of the world where those guardrails aren't there. There is like all sorts of madness is happening on social media, and Facebook doesn't care because more people, more money. So then, folks overseas are sending this back to their families, especially their non-English speaking families here in the U.S. And and to Kelly's point, they're they're believing this nonsense, right? And and these people aren't necessarily politically aligned in any one direction or the other but it's about who do they trust and they trust their family back home and their family back home is, is believing these things. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not helping the situation. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for me, what's the hardest thing to wrap my mind around, as I mentioned earlier, when, when someone close to you that you love dies of this and, and you are still going like, Nope, not, not going to do it. When we have, um, minors who want to get vaccinated but their parents don't agree with believe in the vaccine for whatever reason and are not letting their minors get vaccinated. When we have family members who are getting vaccinated in secret because they yep. don't want to be, you know, outcast or shamed by other family members. Like we we all right. I changed my mind about us being around ten thousand years from now. <laughs> You're right. I yeah, you
1: were, we're not gonna little... make it. We're not gonna make yeah. it <laughs>
2: Hope is a crazy thing. Man. All right, I'm going to shift us to our our last topic here. Uh, And the question begins, where is the strangest place you've ever slept? So we'll start there.
0: Strangest. This may seem weird, but for me, the answer is any place I didn't plan to. (laughs) Wow,
1: that sounds like a long list.
0: I just, I just, it, 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 there've been, there've been some places. So I think for me, what's, what's top in this is I'm not a big outdoorsy camping person, but, but one year in the, um, I, uh, Jennifer and I used to affectionately refer this to the, the summer of 2016. That's all we called it because it was, it was a real make or break year. It was the, it was the year, our, our marriage almost imploded it was mm-hmm. I, I i was like super stressed out for being in a job i didn't love i decided to go on this like crazy camping trip up in the mountains of like wyoming it was it was it was a it was it was a trip with uh with an outdoor organization so they were like experienced campers leading us like rookie amateur you know trying to be wildsman. i go up in the mountains i get, I'd get I get high altitude pulmonary edema like there's fluid on my lungs. I got to be evacuated out from the trip earlier. It's a it's a whole thing, right? And but one night and and one night they're like we are all carrying various pieces of camp and equipment, right? So we're trying to keep our backpacks light. Some of us are carrying the tent poles. Some of us are carrying the, the, you know, the tent, the tent covering material. Some of us carrying pots. Some of us carrying food. Things are divided up. And this was the night, I think the, the sickest night. And I was I was at a point where I couldn't I can walk quickly. Like I'm I'm like one slow for on the other. I'm keeping up the whole group. And we're supposed to get to a certain point so that um, the, the the trip is also like pack horses. will come in with supplies and take out our trash. So it's a whole thing. And, and we had to get to a certain place by a certain time. So they were like, all right, you know what? Y'all go ahead. One of the one of the guides and one of the other campers were like, "We're gonna wait with him. We're gonna travel at his pace, and we're gonna stay with him. We'll catch up with y'all, but y'all make sure you get to that spot on time." And so we're we're walking, and and nightfall, and there's a storm. We don't have tent poles. All we got is a tent covering, and you know, and and a storm breaks out. We are like, I don't know. We're on the side of the mountain. There's a cliff. And we decide we are just gonna pitch, uh, and I don't say pitch a tent. We literally just threw the tent covering over us. Wow. So there's me sick as a dog. There's this other guy, there's this other guy. And we're all three just like huddled under this like tent covering basically, I don't know, five feet from the edge of a cliff. And, and all of this actually, <laughs> all of this actually was me trying to escape my quote unquote call to ministry. I was literally having a Joan and the Whale experience. Only it was it was Ogan and the Mountain uh sort of deal. So so that was the most bizarre memory I I, I have of a place I've I've slept and under 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 a, a, a tent covering. We yeah, no poles. So it's under literally canvas. just on canvas, right? And and it's a storm and rain's pouring down and there's the three of us huddled under this thing trying to keep warm can't light a fire and and i'm having like fluid bubbles blow into my lungs good times all right i call this wonderful spot you didn't bring a tent well, i don't
2: really go camping ever jerry
0: want to go camping <laughs> hail to the no
2: he will
1: go, go glamping
0: i will <laughs> i will go i will glamp since then i have glamped. like get me a good yurt and you know a facility with a shower a few a few yards away wi-fi I'm, power i'm down with that remember when it came to wild goose when we did wild goose uh live that year for our 200th episode yeah. and i was on the glamping site like <laughs> like 10 miles out of town yeah i can do that yeah. no problem
1: come check out my tent I ordered a bunch of crap off Sky Mall. I got my TV, my Xbox, DVD, awesome bed right there. DJ Roomba's in the mix. Uh, it's like I'm not even camping. Yeah, I don't know if mine's the strangest place, but it's the most memorable, most unique, unrepeatable. Um, was uh, I spent a little time living in Kenya, and so I was out um, at the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro. So um, in a there was a couple of us, little tents and um listening to all the animals <laughs> nice or was it nice yeah, it, it was mean. very nice but you had to just you know uh and then in the morning peeking out of my my tent and completely surrounded by a zebra um you know and, and kilimanjaro you know right there but um, it was just, it's like I can remember it like yesterday and I can remember the smell of the coffee on a little campfire and, and it just, it's one of those, so I'm not sure it's strangest, but it's certainly unrepeatable like uh, like Ogins, you know, and there's been other um, interesting places as well. Um, well, and as a child, I didn't have a bedtime as a child, so I just went to sleep wherever I was. So one time, my mother found me sleeping on the garage floor behind the workbench. So that's a little strange, nice. but I have no recollection of that one.
0: And that's what I meant by wherever I didn't plan to fall asleep, because I've fallen asleep in some places where it was like sandbox yeah, out back. Not been my choice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, on the hood of a car. Uh, you know that, that the trunk that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. Know. Could happen.
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I was uh, living in Turkey when I was uh, early 20s. And uh, a friend and I had um, taken a a small bus uh, called a dolmuş out to this sort of uh, rural town, middle of nowhere. And we didn't understand the schedule for the return bus (laughs) to our minibus to our hotel and so we were just kind of like wandering the outskirts of town and uh this was an area in turkey not too far from uh cappadocia which if you know anything about that area there was some early church um communities that lived in caves and the and the stone has this sort of permeable soft to it and you can sort of dig out caves and so we had found one of these caves and we were just sort of like huddled in it so we had no sleeping bags, no nothing. Um, wasn't that cold, but wasn't that comfortable either. Um, and it ended up thankfully not being the whole night, uh, because we hitch, we ended up not being able to sleep very well, obviously, and ended up hitchhiking with a a random trucker that came by, didn't speak a word of English. And, uh, somehow we communicated where our hotel was, uh, and he was able to get us there, but it was a close call to a very, very long night.
0: Just going to sleep on the floor. It's called the ground when it's outside. I love the fact that I've known y'all for years. And this is the first time I'm hearing these these magical tales of foreign adventure.
1: <laughs>
0: Seriously, y'all been withholding, man. Been holding back. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: So this question is prompted by the fact that in the UK, uh, in particular, some churches are creating an experience they call Champing, not sure about that, or church camping, so you can spend the night kind of like an Airbnb in a historic sanctuary. So you can have the vaulted ceiling, the stained glass windows, and they have it set up with this cute, you know, some cute beds. And you can rent it, and it's a way churches have found to sort of repurpose their space, make a little extra money. Um, yeah, and the pro, yeah, and the proceeds go towards restoring these churches and or providing jobs in the wider community and i thought this was a super cool idea that i'd like to just you know go sleep in one of those churches but also help sort of prompt the the creative juices toward thinking about how can houses of worship uh churches and other communities of faith that own a building be more um creatively minded toward using their facilities
1: well there's you know while we don't really here in the u.s have much in the way of you know cathedrals or, you know, old churches with the the flying buttresses and, you know, mm-hmm. big stained glass. They are buildings, our church buildings are certainly being repurposed um, uh, or used. I think what churches are finding out is that for the most part, they've been using their buildings Sunday morning. And what about the rest of the week? and it's not it's been going on for a long time and everyone knows it's not sustainable it's just such a slow bleed that no one's paid attention and then along comes a pandemic and ramps everything up and everyone's like oh oh we've been bleeding for years we just didn't know it you know um and now we're not
2: even using it on sunday morning
1: exactly exactly right. so i'm watching you know some churches um and and uh uh here in kansas city area some 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 of the larger ones um Using them for you know shelter, for uh, vaccination centers, for food distribution. For um, some have even started taking when when if it's a church that has like extra building space, like here's the administration building or you know the all-purpose auditorium hall, taking those and actually um, remodeling them and turning them into you know small apartments, say for vets or for oh, nice. you know. Um, for homeless, or, you know, just because there's no, you know, the middle class got destroyed. There's a whole bunch of us that for a while couldn't find anywhere to live. And so slowly some of these spaces are being made into places just like schools. I'm watching large, you know, high schools being converted Um, and not just temporarily, but really permanently. Um, Right. And I'm, and I'm watching some people within communities object. Why are you using our church for, you know, it, you know, let, why are you letting homeless people? You know, um, you know, and it's like, but what, what exactly do you think they're going to do to your building? It's just being <laughs> yeah. It, and what know. do you think we
2: exist for as a community of faith trying to follow Jesus?
1: Well, you know, what's funny is that um, you know that those those stats you know about who gets vaccinated the um, the in terms of getting vaccinated as an example of loving your neighbor. You know, Jewish community is is at the top of that data, and um, Christian comes around in the middle. When you look at all um, the you know the different, and yeah. white evangelical Protestant is at the bottom. Right. Um, so it's hey. using your building to love your neighbor, like. Yep
0: and 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 for me that's where I have the issue with this right using your building to love your neighbor as in the some of those things you described um, shelter for the homeless, senders uh, to come get vaccinated those sort of purposes um I'm good with I, I get calls for pause when there's like let's profiteer off of this and you, you know what I'm saying because you yeah. immediately you've immediately, sort of classified this only certain people will be able to do this right people who have disposable wealth people who you know you know you get what i'm saying yeah
1: that wasn't what i was talking about
0: it does say in the article that it's a modest no no, I know. I know that's but, what I'm saying. I, I I agree with you in the point of using it for more service benevolent things. Yeah. You know, I I get that. This 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 camping thing, this this church glamping, this church camping Champion. where we're like we going to we going to we going to rent out the night, you yeah. know, to those who can afford it to right. have the yeah. experience of sleeping in the church. Yeah. Mm, I the I I understand the church's struggle to to pay for their facility then then yes probably start questioning if you need the facility at all but but i i sort of i i'm torn part of me is like oh how ingenious part of me is like there's some more there there are more quote unquote air quotes christian ways you can be used in this space yeah i i hear i hear
2: that uh But it does note that some of the money goes towards restoring the churches, and some of the money goes toward helping provide jobs in the wider community, and maybe if the building isn't such a financial burden, the church can do other things as well. Go ahead, Kelly.
1: Well, that's just, um, yeah, agreeing with that, and if I follow the money, where's the money going? Right, right so yeah, it's a, it can it can also be a redistribution of resources it is um,
2: i think it goes towards the new sneakers that the preacher needs so i was gonna say preachers and sneakers instagram
0: right because churches have that sterling reputation of appropriately <laughs> using their funds <laughs>
1: <laughs> well many do Again, many I many do your allergy
0: many do yes many do and many don't so Mm -hmm. so it goes so this is what i'm saying i'm not coming down either way on on this there's there's a piece of me that 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 loves the ingenuity that loves the places that are doing it altruistically and is everyone doing it altruistically and is this the best use of your space, right? Yeah. Because when we when we go you get to sleep in here if you can pay the bill, mm-hmm. you are already excluding a lot of people and we know who disproportionately that's going to affect. Mm-hmm. Sure. So so no, that's that's my I don't answer.
1: disagree. I just uh Yeah. Yeah, it's I think it's an eternal tension. If you want yes. to keep, you know, a 17th century um, you know, gothic cathedral, if you want to have it to continue to stand, um, then how do you, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. And who's
2: paying for it? Yeah. Yeah, And, and you could argue that such spaces create opportunity for spiritual experience in some unique ways. And I know, understand you can argue with that and, and God is not contained in any building, of course, but they, they are sort of this um, connection to the past. They can create spiritual experiences in the present and so as kelly said if they're gonna last you gotta figure out a way to pay for it
1: well and i think too some of those some of those cathedrals or churches or whoever that are doing the the using you know getting creative i think are the ones that are also evolving their own theology like uh, you know opening those up a little Mm -hmm. bit so that someone can you know maybe will you know because I think most people are on some sort of journey of just kind of questioning and looking and, you know, life. And so it, it can be a doorway.
0: You talk about my allergies, but this also triggers my, my embedded theology. There's some stuff I do at night I don't want God to see. Right. So <laughs> I don't, I don't do think it.
1: any humans want to see it.
0: <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't want to do it in a church.
1: Yeah.
0: There you go.
2: Just, there just, you just, go. Put,
0: just putting that out there well thank wow. you i think <laughs> Man,
2: there might be some new tales of immaculate conceptions uh
0: just saying i i'm i'm just saying i think i think for some of us like you know we go we go with our significant other it might be weird having sex in a church it just might be
2: yeah although sex in a church is a great episode title
1: there you go
0: there, th- well there what go. better
1: way to thumb your nose at god but
0: also what what i mean what other way to engage in a holy act yes, in a holy place exactly. right there's 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 that too there. and and for some of us it might be a little weird and are those church security cameras off
2: cuz that's also awkward
0: <laughs> there's that too there there's 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 that too yeah <laughs> you know and churches churches and sexual acts mm, you know still ooey still Still, still not the best reputation for for a lot of places, you know. So right. I'm just, just putting putting that up there. I look forward I
1: to
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it's laughs> like, where do I sign up?
1: Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't. I'm very grateful. I don't carry the baggage. I'm very, very grateful. Uh, you know, it
0: it's it's a thing, and it's and it's so it's so funny. Just when I think that that the bag's empty, <laughs> I get I get a question like this, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh. <laughs> Right, so so triggers that whole that 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 embedded like the church is a quote unquote sacred place, and sacred place means you don't do unsacred things. And and there's there's like deep buried in me that whole that whole teaching around sex, you and Augustine. And-
1: have a and, and, and
0: and religiosity and all that, mm-hmm. like like the 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 forebrain of me is already like you know that that doesn't apply of like Goveit, but deep down, deep yeah. down, it's still there. So I recognize the folly of it's, it when it comes You're having up. an
1: amygdala hijack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's 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 some organ that's hijacked. That enough is the amygdala, but there's there's some hijacking going on for real, for 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 real. But um, but yeah, I don't know. But that's all i gotta say on that
2: <laughs> yeah well hey uh
0: a lot of fun to have you with us today kelly thanks Thank again you. for joining Ooh. us it is fun yes and and just just on on full disclosure and for the record uh reverend kelly is is my 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 partner in crime or as i call her my partner in consciousness for uh for project project sanctus so, so this is this is the work that we do, Project Sanctus. We call it a safe, brave online place to, to get our holy on. And a lot of work we do is centered around anti-racism. It's uh, centered around uh, creating a space for, for those in the question to come and be in the question of whatever. So uh, check us out at projectsanctus.com.
2: Very good. Excellent. Uh, love it. And friends, thank you for tuning in to Pub Theology Live you can show your appreciation for the show by becoming a supporter on patreon get access to pre and post show banter and as ogan noted at the outset sign up before the end of this month and get your free pt live pint glass you can enjoy your favorite beverage in one of our very own pint glasses visit patreon.com pt live to get started and of course a big thank you to our current patrons you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And if you're tuning in via any of those platforms, feel free to give us a rating and a review there. That helps others find the show. You can watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook Live, uh, you know, sometimes 4.30 p.m. Eastern, sometimes in the morning. We got a little hit and miss, but you can find all of it by liking the page Pub Theology on Facebook. And if you'd like to find or create a gathering Pup theology gathering in your town, check out all the info at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Thank
0: you, Kelly. Thank you. That was fun. Yes.
2: Thank you, Kelly. You're
1: very welcome.
2: Enjoyed it. Very much. It's great to see you again, and uh, I think people will really love tuning in.
1: Okay, good. Always like to contribute for the good of the cause.